Welcome to Comics and Cocktails, broadcasting live from your mother's attic with Ian O'Neill, Ryan Buckley, Hello. and myself, Sean Markle. All so, right, episode four. Episode four, guys. We made it, guys. Excellent. <laughs> now, what are we talking about today? Uh, I forget. Key issues. Key issues. Yeah, so we're going to talk about key issues uh, and give you a sneak peek into a future project that we're working on at Full Pop Media. Um around key issues of comic books. And it got me thinking about, you know, what is a key issue? What makes it uh, something you're interested in? So um, basically there are certain issues that stand out among the other ones. Moments that, in his, in comic history, if you would. Yeah, and like, and there's a collector culture about comics. Like it's not just about the actual story and the art and the, the fun of collecting them. There, uh, There's also a market for speculators. Like people buy multiple issues and different covers and uh you know in the 90s it was a huge thing when people were you know thinking i'm gonna buy this comic i'm gonna buy like a 10 of them and go to college on the money i make on this and how many times once you've told someone that you like comic books you're like oh hey like i have a big box of comic books in like my basement like do you think that's worth any money and someone's come up to you like asked you about that chances are those books aren't necessarily worth money no but usually the not. books that we're going to talk about on key issues are worth some money yeah, and what I'm going to talk about is a viable way. Like, people collect art as a legitimate investment. Um, and especially in the economy now, when if you look at the performance of, like, stock market and mutual funds, like, mm -hmm. really, like, is buying, like, a comic for, like, $5,000 that might be worth $10,000 in 10 years <laughs> a good idea or a bad idea? If you think it's a good idea, please call my wife. I'll <laughs> put the phone number on Um <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. So I thought a good way to introduce it, we're going to get uh, Rand Lobb from Full Pop uh, to come on here. We're going to interview him and talk about it, about what's coming. And it's, uh, he's got some books with him as well he wants to talk about. But I want to ask you guys, so if you had a budget of like, let's not go crazy, like 500 bucks or whatever. So we're not talking about getting Amazing Fantasy 15 first Spider-Man or Action Comics number one, like first Superman. Um, but what's, what's a key issue to you in that sort of reasonable price range that the average person, if they didn't tell their significant other about, could afford? <laughs> Well, uh, you mentioned speculation, and I came at, at it from sort of that perspective. Okay. And uh, the Captain Marvel movie has been announced already, but is not necessarily- When's it coming out? Common knowledge to everyone. Yeah, I think it's like 2018 at this point. They yeah. keep pushing it back. Um, so I looked at a couple of Captain Marvel issues that uh, are already key issues and will, I think, potentially go up in value based on the popularity of the movie. Uh, so they've announced that the Captain Marvel in the movie will be Carol Danvers, uh, the female Captain Marvel. Uh, and so if you look for uh, Carol Danvers' first appearance, appearance, she was not Captain Marvel yet. Uh, but that's in Marvel Superheroes 13, uh, which is one that would probably be tricky to get for under $500. I'm not sure if that will go up with the release of the movie because she's not Captain Marvel in it. So that remains to be seen. But uh, a few years later, in 77, uh, Miss Marvel number one uh, was released, and she is Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, basically the same uh, in that issue. And you can find that one for fi under $500 um, on eBay and, and other sites. From what year? 77. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised it's that. Uh, is that black swimsuit costume? That is not black swimsuit costume yet, okay. which is an interesting Thanks point. for asking that and uh, not making me sound like the perf, but I wanted to know too. <laughs> that's her most iconic costume. For and sure. if, they, if they put her in that costume in the movie, uh, potentially the first appearance of the black costume could be the 
most desirable book. If they put in that costume, potentially I'll go. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go, go anyways, anyway, but for sure. that's the costume that even I, I recognize uh, as the Miss Marvel costume. I didn't start reading comics until obviously well after yeah. uh, it, it was introduced because uh, I wasn't born yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was introduced in 78, a year later, actually came out uh, on my birthday, October 20th, 78, oh. 10 years before I was born. Um, kind of neat. So I, I think I would maybe be interested in getting that one. It's sort of, it's sort of cool. Oh, um, for sure. But I don't think they're going to put her in that costume in the movie. Um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, dou- <laughs> I doubt it too. Why is it unfortunate? Because that's the cooler issue, I think. <laughs> the cover's really cool. She's fighting like some kind of lizard thing and uh, the way like... Uh, and she's got that sash. Set up. It, looks, it's, it looks really nice. It's a really nice cover. I think that would be the cooler book to buy, um, especially because uh, the first appearance of Captain Marvel as Miss Marvel as Captain Marvel in the Marvel Universe uh, and wearing her current costume, which... I think might be the one they go with in the movie is in Avenging Spider-Man number nine, uh, which was a series that ran alongside uh, Amazing Spider-Man um, a couple years ago. Um, it was basically a Spider-Man team-up book that was not a Spider-Man team-up book in name. Oh but, yeah, I remember that book. And actually. it was not really a good series. And that her new costumes got more of like a military. It's more of a military. Cut where they're emphasizing her military past. Yeah, and like then, she still and has the sash. It actually looks more original, uh, more close lead to her original costume um, with a few changes, but same colors and it's got some stars on it and stuff. Uh, I imagine it will be the one that they kind of lean to in the movie because I think it's, it's their first female superhero movie. They're going to kind of go for uh, like female empowerment and to put her in like a black swimsuit for the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like kind of on my mind a bit. Um, So maybe Avenging Spider-Man 19, the first appearance of that costume could blow up. It's a little newer, so it's not really hot right now at all. Um, so you can get it fairly cheap, um, but it's also not a great book and not really an amazing cover. Uh, so it's not one that I'd be super interested in. So you think, uh, getting outside covers speculation key on, on like key issues in terms of value or collectability? Absolutely. Sorry. What was that? Like you is it the cover? Sure the oh. cover's cool. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to want to show it, show it off to people as I think we'll see. Um, so I would go for, I think the 78, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, number 20, I think something like that. Um, where with first appearance of the black costume, I think is the coolest cover one, but I'm not sure if it'll go up in value based on the movie. Probably will. Judging by like what, if you like books, like, um, like the first appearance of Gambit went up Mm -hmm. when they knew he was going to be in a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and they knew Sean was interested. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Love me some Gambit. Cool. No, that's a good choice for sure. I I can see that being a speculative, like I, I see that as the best investment almost. Like I don't know why I haven't bought those issues yet. Because yeah. it does seem like, oh, that could pay off in the future. And they're probably pretty yeah. cheap right now. Uh they're under five hundred, but uh the, the seventy eight one is is close depending on the quality of it, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about you, man? Excellent. Well, I am a huge Daredevil fan. I would even say he's probably my favorite superhero. So the book that I would want for under $500 is Daredevil issue number seven. Now, this is the first appearance of Daredevil in his red costume, which is clearly the iconic Daredevil costume. Definitely. And he fights Namor the Submariner in this issue. Oh, now, this is just so like maybe. a cool issue because it's Daredevil fighting a force that he just he can't beat. Namor is clearly stronger than him. He's better than him. He's able to like hurt him more, but Daredevil doesn't give up. And eventually what defeats Namor or pushes him back at least was Namor's respect for Daredevil in this issue where he's just like, this is just a man. And like, clearly he knows that I can kill him, but he keeps trying. And I respect that. 
So then he goes back to the ocean now. <laughs> and like the idea that he, he brought it out. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty back much back to the sea. And like <laughs> the daredevil for me, I think is one of the top tier in terms of books at all times. He may not always be a top tier hero fighting with the Avengers or anything like that, but the daredevil book will always have good people usually writing mm -hmm. it. Like uh, Mark Wade just finished his run. Bendez did a great run. Like there's so many. Then you go back to the Frank Miller, Frank Miller Born, Again, Born Again. And it, Daredevil is just kind of like a constant quality book. And I think the first appearance of the red costume, the fact that it is such a cool issue with him fighting Namar, and Namar is such an interesting character in his own, I think that would be my under $500 book. Do you know how much it goes for, like, in good condition? Good condition, close to the $500 mark, for sure. Do you what know was the costume before red? It was, like, kind of yellow and padded, right? Yeah. And kind of, yeah. like, all stitched, kind of looked no, like a no Halloween costume. that it looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if it already saw a bump based on the Netflix series? I don't. I would definitely be interested to see that. Well, it might have, yeah. Yeah, because especially now that he, like, in the last episode of the Netflix series, he actually has a red costume. Yeah, it's funny how the yeah, series so. mirrored that. Like, he started out in a different costume, and then Which is actually based identity... On, it's based on a... Born Again. Yeah, uh, so I wonder if that... No, The Man Without Fear, I think. I wonder if that was boosted yeah. uh, based on that. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Daredevil book. So, yeah, there's yeah, definitely some expensive Daredevil books out there, but that would be my... Yeah, the Electra one is like, I don't know what number, is it 168, her first appearance? I believe so. And that's, uh, <clears throat> that's a pricey book. Absolutely. What about you? What would be your... Uh, um, well, I wanted to like not pick an X-Men book because I know I talked <laughs> a lot about X-Men, especially the last issue, yep, the no. last episode or the episode <laughs> before. But um, I have, I'm currently, you guys know I'm buying all of Claremont's run. I want to get his uh, his whole run. And uh, just because it's kind of unique in, in terms of superhero comics, it's like superhero characters and their identity is usually developed by committee over a long period of time, like Batman, Superman. There's been like, significant runs by different creators throughout their history. Mm -hmm. But the X-Men, the way we look at them now and, and what we think of the X-Men in the modern era was pretty much defined by one man, Chris Claremont. And he had like a lot of great collaborators, Len Wein, um, Dave Cockrum, uh, John Byrne, great artists like that, and um, Paul Smith and uh, Barry Windsor Smith. And uh, But the run that I've, I haven't been buying any yet is like the John Byrne ones, the earlier ones. And they're really affordable. And I think X-Men, there's always going to be a market because there'll always be uh, weirdos like me that are into it. Um, but probably the ultimate storyline is is Days of Future Past. It's only two issues long, which is insane. Mm -hmm. 141 and 142. And there's a lot of reasons why I like it. Because first off, the story is cool. It's the, um, the whole time traveling from a dystopia future to warn of the past, which is mm -hmm. you know very similar to the storyline that was in the last film. And, but that storyline has been echoed so many times in the X-Men franchise and that vision of the way things are and fighting against it, it just fits so perfectly what the theme of the X-Men is. Um, so there's that. The art inside is amazing. It's a standout issue for like the character of Kitty Pride. Yep. And yeah. uh, that cover for 141 though, because we were talking about like, do you need a good cover to be a key issue? Um, like that cover has been done so many times mm -hmm. like there's been so many different plays on it and it's the spotlight of wolverine and, the, and there's the, like all the the posters behind of all the mutants that are like deceased and uh, just think about it at the time if you were collecting x-men and as a, as they were being released and you read issue 140 and the next issue you see that cover and you're immediately like without even turning the page you're just like well what's happening like yeah. well, they're dead what um and yeah great issue and they're like 
insanely reasonable. Like I'm you can surprised. probably pick up Especially both for after like the even after bucks. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think that would also be a good investment? Like, do you think there's any like growth in the value there? I think that if you got a good condition one, um, it's only gonna like go up. Uh, but in terms of growth, like. Um, who knows? Like the interest in the X Men franchise, we'll see how much pop more popular it gets um, next year. Um, I think actually, actually X Men two thirteen might be a good investment too because it's not uh, it's like twenty thirty bucks. That's the first Psylocke, and she's going to figure prominently in the Age of Apocalypse film next year. Yeah. And uh, Olivia Munn is playing her. Yeah. And I'm uh, I approve of that decision. <laughs> <laughs> and she's wearing like the old like Psylocke swimsuit costume. They went for it. They yeah. said like, let's just do it. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm amazed that they did. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. So. Um, great. So we're going to uh, say goodbye to you guys. I'm going to call. Excellent. We're yep. going to get Rand up here. All right. Uh, to talk about what's coming up. Good books. This is the awkward part. I don't know. Do I keep talking here as people are coming up? Hey, Rand. Taking in, tagging in. Come on in. Tagging Good to see in. you. Hey. All right. Pull up a chair. Thank you. All right. So you were uh, off, off camera and listening to our discussion about key issues. I was. It's true. So uh, and that was kind of an intro. And why don't you tell us uh, why we were doing that? Like what's happening at Full Pop? Right, so this is. Um, <laughs> there we go. He's a sad microphone. Poor little guy. This is a podcast um, that's attached to a company that makes documentaries. And so in 2008, we started a documentary on the history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And for years, I had been uh, a comic collector, you know, as a kid. Right. And you don't treat them properly, which is fine. And when we started the the documentary on the turtles, Turtle Power, I wasn't a collector anymore. I had them. Um, you know, I also collected records and lots yeah. of stuff. So put put all that away, started working on the documentary. While we were doing it, you know, that we we're exposed to turtle stuff, didn't get turtle stuff, didn't get it signed, just wasn't that important. And, you know, we finished that documentary, we came out of it and sold it. And after we sold it, I still didn't have the bug back. But my basement flooded while we were shooting. And my basement flooded too. When I went to kidding? university, no. And I had the two things that I collected <clears throat> were uh, records because I'm from England and I would go back. And this is back when there was a difference in time and when things were released. So I had like yes. all these old 45s and picture discs from yes. mostly new wave stuff in the 80s and all my comics. And when I went to university, my parents' basement flooded, all wrecked. That's insane. Very similar feeling. Heartbreaking. So in the early 90s, I was collecting paperbacks and I liked um, bad girl covers and, you know, there are a ton that are really popular. Jim Thompson, everybody knows uh, Jim Thompson stuff, all the hard boiled stuff. So I called home and I found out that there had been this flood. And all of a sudden I remembered I had long, long boxes and I I said, where did the flood come in? Or where did the water come in? And she told me it was near my paperbacks. And then I thought, the long boxes. Oh, no. So I came home from shooting. or I don't know if we were shooting or if I was trying to sell something else at the time. I think it was when we were doing press and Comic-Con and all that. That's what okay, it was. Yeah. yeah. So the doc came out, uh, did well, and we started this Conan one. But I'd had to pull all the long boxes out. So I was going through them thinking, oh, some are damaged, some aren't. And then we did Conan. And I was a Conan collector. And I love the Lancer books and I love the yeah. Frazettas. And then we went to the Frazetta Museum. 
And while we were at the Frazetta Museum, Frank Jr. said to me, uh, you know, you like my dad's work? And I said, oh, of course I love it. And he said, do you want to buy something? <laughs> and I said, what? Well, you must have ever thought that how much is this going to cost? Me? I thought it was crazy. It's going to be ridiculous. And he pulled out, this is, you know, he pulled out the sketchbook and he had a bunch of them. And he said, find a page you like. <laughs> and I was flipping through and I actually had this feeling like, this is his sketch. Like, oh it just God. hit me like a ton of bricks. And what kind of stuff was in it? Like just design, like costume or just like it was, anatomy? It was, uh, he had ink tests like he was testing ink different sizes of ink brushes okay. and stuff and then he had a couple bad girls that were from uh, was it little abner or uh lulu uh, no it wasn't isn't that awful like this is the time you'd forget yeah, yeah, right just i i just i washed on it but um there was a beautiful bad girl little abner i think a beautiful bad girl a oh, uh, wow. 40 style bad girl and so i said to him what about that and he he told me a price and it was the exact amount of money that I had <laughs> in the car for shooting, like we were yeah, for yeah. our travel. And I went and got it. No and way. I handed it to him because I thought, you know, Mark, Mark, Mark Hussey and I were doing these docs and Isaac Elliott Fisher was always picking stuff up and we weren't. And I didn't have any mementos. Yeah. And, it, and I realized, you know, all those times we'd worked with these artists and we talked to so many people and I had never thought to get stuff from them. So, you know, a little bit of time goes by and I find myself in Toronto and we're at a Comic-Con, Toronto Comic-Con, and we're interviewing Neil Adams. And at the end of the interview, Neil says to me, and he's a great interview. Yeah, he's amazing. I've heard him on the Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast and what a character. Like, I'd love yes. to meet him. Such a guy. A aggressive and... Yeah, he um, is very aware of his own self-worth. Big time. <laughs> and I, I loved it, by the way. Yeah, I loved I his aggression. As well. yeah, I didn't yeah. say he was arrogant on purpose. Not like, he's a guy that recognizes what he did yeah. and he expects uh, people to recognize that as well. And if they don't, he'll just let them know about right. it. Right. So, after we're done the interview, I mentioned to him, I said, it's a good thing I didn't... I, I, I said something with the long boxes. I said, yeah. I pulled up my long boxes recently. It's a good thing... You know, I didn't bring anything here. And he goes, you got to buy something. <laughs> and I said, what's that? And he goes, you're not going to tell me you're going to hold me here after hours. You're not going to buy something. And I look and right behind him, I don't even know if it's in the shot, but there's a Conan. And he turns around, he looks at it and he goes, 1500. And I go, no way, yeah. no way. Anyway, he comes way down and he sells it to me. Amazing. And I was hooked. And that was it. Yeah. And so... I went back to the long boxes and I started looking through and I found the one that it's X-Men 20. It's one of the first comics that I ever bought. And, you know, it's it's not I was born in 65, so it's not from when I was born. It was a double. There was a guy who in our town in Clinton had all the X-Men and this was one of the doubles. Oh, I see. And I would have paid on the back. He wrote eight dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, and he graded that as a G. He it called it like a, G. a G. It's not a G. It's definitely not a G. He called it a G, <laughs> and I bought it for eight bucks. And I was a kid when I bought it, and so that ink will be from seventy three, seventy four, maybe seventy five or six. Actually, when you think about it, anyway, I this was one of the ones that I pulled out, and it was one that I loved reading. And if you look at it, the cover is hilarious. It's it has, hilarious everything's cover. on it. So Everybody's doing everything, right? <laughs> so. When, the, when I 
pulled that out of the box. I thought, I can't go back into this again. And then we interviewed Steranko this past summer. Now, here's a Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one. And that is an amazing cover. Yeah. When we talked to Steranko, I thought, okay, I'm in. And so I started looking for key issues again. And I had this idea when I talked to Steranko, he's ta- he talked about everything. You know, he, he's, he's telling us stories, not just about Conan, but about art and everything. And I realized this is a show. Like I'm talking to, in that one stretch of two days, I talked to Jerry Conway, Len Wine, or Len Wayne, Bernie Wrightson, uh, Sergio Aragones, <laughs> Stan Sakai. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, yeah, all these people. Why am I not? This is a show. Like we have to talk to these guys, right? Anyway, so I thought I got to go back and I got to start buying comics again. Yeah, because that, that's amazing. And each one of those guys, when you're there doing your project, when uh, <clears throat> when you did your Great Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles documentary. Yeah. Obviously, you spent a lot of time with um, um, Kevin Eastman. And Peter and Laird. And Peter yeah. Laird as well. Um, but these other, like, they're, like, known for that one book, kind of. But th- these mm. other guys you're talking to, they like, with Conan, it's different. Because these artists and creators have, their paths have, have intersected with this character. That's yeah. the focus. But they're also known for all this other stuff, right? Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, yeah. um, and we were recently on and one of our programs, talked about the spy comics and uh, exactly. and Steranko, that cover, like yeah. this, that book we talked about, Grayson, that's out now. And their covers are all homages to the style yeah. that Steranko started. So there's a great opportunity for you when you're doing your thing to also say, okay, now even when the cameras aren't running, like just talk to me about like your, for what, sure. what do you like doing the best? And then, yeah. well, here, I've got, I happen to have this. How about you sign it or? Well, how about, how embarrassing was this? It's not embarrassing. Um, we talked to Roy Thomas for yeah. a couple hours in a comic store with, Roy's, you know, I could have got, I could have just picked some up 150 bucks and got Roy to sign it. And I didn't do that yeah. because I always thought it kind of crossed the line and I didn't want to cross that line. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm making, you know what I mean? I'm making I get these- it. No, I get that though, because you're, you're in a professional capacity asking yeah. him to do something for you. And then it's like something else, you know, but, but somebody like Roy Thomas, like he, so like I recently read uh, Untold History of uh, Marvel Comics by, I hope I'm saying, I'm remembering the name, it's Sean Howe, I think, that wrote the book. Is that correct? Uh, I'm not going to remember yeah, that. Yeah, I think it is. But um, but Roy Thomas was kind of like the first guy after Stan Lee to sort of run it yeah. and be the first editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. And uh, like what a, he's probably got like amazing stories. Incredible. And he was very young. Uh, they called him Roy the Boy, right? Yeah. And a lot of those guys start out super young. Like Shooter yeah. was like 14, oh, I think, incredible. when he submitted something. Incredible. To Jerry Conway, too. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, you know, you're talking to Roy. And I, I guess, what am I even saying? Uh, I met Stan Lee. At, <laughs> yeah, at Stan Lee Kamikaze 2013. And we're backstage, you know, and he says, It's a oh, pleasure to meet you. You, you look great. It's <laughs> a great Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Anyway, he <laughs> he's... You know, he's standing there and I'm with a group of people who happen to be backstage. I'm about to go up on stage and speak. And he just is there. I think he came off. And, you know, Kevin Eastman says, hey, Stan, how you doing? And I think. Unbelievable. Stan Lee. And I wasn't collecting. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was missing. Yeah, yeah, no, I see this. Anyway, what I thought is I don't want to miss that. I don't, I'm sick of missing that. I'm sick of being in that opportunity spot and not thinking about. Like you're so laser focused on the show you're doing. Right. 
And I thought there are so many great stories. You know, you look at the Nick Fury agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I got this this X-Men, that, which is a personal story, right? Yeah. And that's what got me started again, trying to make sure it wasn't uh, all racked up by water damage. But, you know, Fantastic 446, there's Black Bolt. There's Iron Fist 1, that fight with Iron Man, right? You know, and then there's the Doctor Strange 169. And, of course, I'm a huge fan of... Any black character, any yeah, female character. What a cover on that comic. Yeah, the beautiful Black Panther Jack one. Kirby. I mean, what, what's interesting about Black Panther, you'll see people will talk about uh, black superheroes. I, when I was a kid, I loved uh, Muhammad Ali and I loved yeah. black culture in general, which is, you know, in well, a small I think town. That age, like, yeah, and I mean, there's no, like, you don't think of it as black culture. No. It's just, this is what this guy's like, you and, know? <laughs> and black was cool, right? Like I thought Iron Man was black because when I I think I told you the story <laughs> that I ordered true. a bunch of comics yeah. in the middle of the comics I think from Mile High Mile way high. back in the day and I went through and checked off all the ones I wanted and I sent off my order and they said in really small print on the ad that if they didn't have those exact comics they you might get something different so I just got a box of comics yeah. but it was all these seventies ones there's some Heroes for Hire and uh, there's all these Iron Man and it was like yeah. ro- uh, like Rody. a roadie in yeah. the Iron Man so I thought like I was like oh it was later years later when I'm, I started collecting the eighties and I. When I'm reading West Coast Avengers. Like, this is white guy, Tony. What the hell? Yeah. What happened to Rhodey? I liked him better. Well, I, I, my old comic collection, I had X-Men and I had Luke Cage and yeah. I had Black Panther. And I had actually a Muhammad Ali comic. And I think he fights for Superman. Superman. Yeah, I had that. So like I was into black comics and I loved black heroes. And so Black Panther's the first African hero, right? Um, maybe, maybe there's another one. I don't know. But um Luke Cage is the first African-American hero, right? You yeah. know what I mean? It's very different. And it was part of the black exploitation thing. So Yeah, it seems dated when you read them now. Like just the Christmas. Oh, sweet Christmas. He says yeah. and, the, and just like the stuff he wears. But if you head. think about it, he's got a chain around his waist. Yeah. That's super resonant. Yeah, that's true. It's around the time that Roots comes out, right? And so Roots was huge for my generation of kids. You're staying up late watching Roots, Kunta Kinte and all that. And then there's Luke Cage with the chain around his waist, you know. Resonant. There's a lot of thinly veiled social commentary in these books in the yeah. 70s. Like and the things that were happening like in New York, and that's like New York big City time. is so strongly connected yeah. to both comic book companies. Like the well, the big two. Yeah. No, I'm saying both, like there's only two. Such a joke. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Like, sorry to image fans yeah, and the IDW and, and fans and Dark Horse fans and, and Dynamite yeah, fans and Eclipse and Oni Press. Like, uh, there's millions of great comic lots books out there. But um, yeah, like, like he, he was very socially aware and uh, just that street level and yeah. uh, and even like the Daredevil comics like in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, big time. So um, you decide to go back and collect. And so you're not going to start getting modern comics and, uh, and the well, takes or are you going to speculate on modern or are you only looking for older is there something i'm i'm interested in what i'm saying now for this series what the series will be is what's the story why is it interesting why is it good so an example of a modern comic and you and i've talked about this uh the matt fraction run on hawkeye yeah really good yeah award-winning it's super interesting to talk about and to me there's a good key issue, the number one of that I yeah, would talk sure. about because there's a story there. And I like that Matt Fraction is married to another comic creator and she's doing great work and has a feminist vibe. And, you know, I like, Who's I think... Who's he? Is it uh, Kelly, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yeah. So I would pick a title and I would recommend that you pick a title and we yeah. sit down and we talk about a title. Like, this is one. We'll talk about Black Panther 1, Doctor Strange 169, you know, this Iron Fist 1. And some people would say Iron Fist 1's not as good as Iron Fist 14 with the first saber tooth, you know. But Iron Fist number 1 
is interesting because Iron Fist versus Iron Man, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun series. We're doing it as a podcast and I'm going to do it as a a show with Mark and Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. Like, so in the show, you're going to, well, the podcast are going to be introducing the numbers and uh, yeah. the show is going to be, are you going to then go buy these comics? <laughs> I think we're going to buy them and, and we're going to dig in. Yeah, I'm going to dig in deep. I'm, I mean, I'd like to get I, an example of a title I'd like to get is Spider-Man 2, uh, Vulture, right? Yeah. Uh, very interesting. It's a, it's a title you could buy for $1,500 which is, it's a lot of money, but it's right. a great buy, right? Amazing Spider-Man 129 with The Punisher. We interviewed Jerry Conway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it hit me. That's one to have, you know? So we, you and I will figure it out. We'll talk about different titles. Oh, for sure. And um, I think what might happen is we might dare each other to make well, a I, change. Well, I, I, that's the thing, too. Like, I hope, but um, I was joking around earlier saying, oh, my wife's not listening to this. But, like, I'm on board for some of these books. <laughs> like, I, I know there's some pricey purchases in my future, for sure. Like, I, yeah. I'm going to buy Giant Size X-Men number one and number 94. But you can get that 100%. for 400 bucks. Yeah. If you find, you you know. You I had a line on it a week ago. I was like, they sold it the day after I got a hold for of it. For four? No, I don't know what the price was, but uh, just based on the image, it didn't look like it was CGC graded or anything. Yeah. So, but I've seen on like online, and um, I also I don't know how you feel about this, but I just kind of like want to find it. I don't want to rely too much on the internet, um, like uh, conventions and uh, stores and long boxes yeah. and other collectors. Um, that sounds like well, more fun. I, you know, I know we got we have to wrap this up, but I did I did experiment with an internet comic. Uh, I wanted Frank Miller's uh, Web of Spider-Man. I don't remember the number right now. Is it um, the Craven Hunt one? No, it's um, the Miller cover. Isn't that awful? I can't remember the number now to save my life. I'm flashed on it. Uh, Miller does a cover. It's Web of Spider-Man. Uh, I can see it right in front of my face. We can check it. Someone will insert it here if we ever do that. But um, I went to Comic Link to pick it up. It was so cheap. And shipping was 65 bucks US. Oh, I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. You can't find out till after, right? So you start to think, yeah. it's not fun. It's slabbed. I can't look at it. You know, I wanted to talk about it. I, I screwed up. So you're right. You want to find it so you can open it up and look at it. And I don't want to buy a slab comic mm-hmm. either. I want to buy it and read it. And then if I choose to slab it, if it's really good condition, then Precisely. that's my choice. But Precisely. Like, yeah, this is going to be great. I can't wait to do it. Okay, so tell me one thing you're going to look for over the next while, and let's see if the first episode we can actually have these. What one might thing. you be looking for? Oh, I think you put me on the spot. I'm trying to think. Okay, well, I'll uh, tell you what something. I'm looking for. I'd like to find Fantastic Four 45 or 52, or both. One 52? of those is Galactus? No, but I'd love to find that one. It's a great cover, too. 45 is... I have 46 here. 45 is where the Inhumans are introduced. Oh, yeah. That's and then Because if they ever get that right and people care about them and they make a film, yeah. that could be a good... It's, it is a good buy anyway, and it's yeah. been going up like crazy, but it's a great cover. Yeah. Uh, it, I really love the way it looks. It's got a lot of purple on it. It's a really nice cover, and uh, I've actually seen two and had them in my hands, but I want them to look nice because I want to shoot them. Yeah. Right? And then 52 is the first Black Panther. Fifty-two. Now, see, I'm flashing on fifty-two, fifty-three. Pretty sure it's fifty-two is his first. first yeah, fifty-two. He's in it, and then fifty-three is the story. I think, but it's a it's a great title. It's going up like crazy, but.
But uh, if you can find it, it also has a great cover, very action-packed. Not as nice as this Black Panther 1 cover. That's so Jack Kirby. But what we'll do is when we move forward, we're going to pick a, a title, maybe two titles. You bring yeah, one, I sure. bring one. We'll talk about it. Why well, I, I got a couple right now, okay, man, because you know I love X-Universe. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, Two great burn books. The the one with star, first Star Jammers. Oh, and yeah. The yeah. first Alpha Flight would be a good one as oh, well. Oh, yeah. That's 122? I think so, around there. Or 121 or, or 120? See, this is what happens. I know. It's too many numbers. For me. We're not doing Hulk the 181 research. would be pretty good, too. The first Wolverine. You know, it's, 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 that's one I lost. I had it. Oh, yeah. Lost. Yeah. It's, oh, I that's, it uh, lost it. Yeah. Hulk 181 is a, is a fantastic buy. And Hulk 182 is a good buy as well. Yeah. Because it continues. To, uh, no, 180 and 180 181. 180 is the, you see. It's the first appearance of Wolverine, if you're not familiar with that. Continues. So obviously, Wolverine's fairly popular character. I think yeah. he's in every Marvel book. And I, then he's in, I think, the last page or second last page of 180. Yeah. And I had 181, not 180 as a kid and lost that. Yeah, and you know going to be great. You know what's a really good title, too, that uh, I know you guys have talked about it in the past, but Ms. Marvel 1 yeah. and Ms. Marvel 20. Uh, I'm, I want those right now. I'm looking for those two right Female now. Female leads are like uh, Love first that. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. That would be a great book to buy. Yeah, that's an all-star. If that uh, film. Um, I think they will. Anyway, listen, we, we can yeah, go on all great. day. We can talk about books. Uh, we I will, think, though, but in the actual show, yeah, and, I on think the actual this podcast. Is, this is great. I'm so glad that you had me on. I love comics yeah, thanks, and cocktails. Man, I think you guys are far more informed than I am. I'm all about my stupid, blathering opinion. <laughs> you guys are way more tied in. And, we'll get uh, you in. Uh, we'll, we'll have a special and have you on again and talk about uh, the making of the turtle doc. Um, or we'll even do Conan maybe and plug that instead. But uh, you guys got a lot of stories that I'd, well, I think we want to hear. I, I know you were talking in this episode about what you'd buy for 500. I don't have a Conan one. Yeah. And that's a great title to pick up if you can see it. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Ryan, until we see thanks you, uh, until we see you again. We'll see what we can find. Yeah, we're going to wrap up. So we'll probably be back in a week or two with our usual program. This is Comics and Cocktails, uh, special key issues. Uh, as always, we're recorded at Full Pop Station in Goddard, Ontario. And uh, we have, uh, we're pretty sure it's uh, Mark, but uh, Mark Hussey, it could be a pro holographic projection from the future. Uh, we're not sure, but he is our producer. And you can check us out at Full Pop TV. As always, it's F-A-U-X-P-O-P dot TV uh, for all the great stuff there. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Keep buying comics.